Father, we're coming here tonight because something's in our hearts. And Lord, something that wants to serve you and worship you and be with you through eternity. We know it's a Wednesday. We know this is our appointed place. And sometimes, Lord, in our flesh, we don't feel like it. But Lord, inside, there's our soul. And from our soul, we want to serve you. Lord, we're asking tonight that we could keep that channel open. How often Satan would try to plug it up and twist us and do something else. But Lord, we want to have that relationship, that communion with you. We're inviting you, Lord, as we would come. And you know the human frailties. And you know it's a Wednesday. You know the busyness of the day and the back and forth. But now, Lord, just for this short time, would you come and be in the Word and minister to us and help us. We commit us as a people. We commit both the speaker and the hearer into your hands and ask your blessing. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you to musicians. Let's just go to the book of Colossians, Colossians chapter 1. I'm really going to be focusing on Colossians 2, but I want to just pick this little up on, on Colossians 1. And this is... Uh, uh, one of the most marvelous scriptures in the Bible. It was the text for the message, Christ is the mystery of God revealed. And uh, it, it's one that I ponder and I think on, and, and I think it's an hour where God is actually fulfilling a part of this in a people called the bride. Verse 15, who is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature? For by him were all, were all things created that are in heaven and that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones and dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created by him and for him. My, it, when you begin to put this great being in this perspective, there's none like him. And he is before all things, and by him all things consist. And he is the head of the body, the church, who is from the beginning the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he might have the preeminence. I'm going to just uh, ask you to have your seats, and I'll just leave you there. Ethan, I'm just going to go to uh, a couple of different scriptures that I wrote, but I'm going to ask you just to turn first to Ephesians, Ephesians chapter 5, if you would please. And in Ephesians 5, I just want to read a portion here. I want to take the, just the context of what we are living at and where we're going, but I also want to show where the enemy is attacking. And so in Ephesians chapter 5, this is 
in, in verses 21 to the end you could read, but I'm just going to uh, focus, if I can, verse 20, verse, let's go to verse 26. That he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word, that he might present it to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that it should be holy and without blemish. Verse 28, so ought men to love their wives as their own bodies. He that loveth his wife loveth himself. That's Christ. Christ so loved the church, he gave himself for it. For no man ever yet hated his flesh, but he nourisheth and cherisheth it, even as the Lord, the church. For we are members of his body and of his flesh and of his bones. Now remember, he is before all things. By him all things consist. He is doing three things. He uh, expressed himself in Christ. He's gaining preeminence in a people, and he's bringing us back to where we were before the fall. One more scripture, John chapter 14. John chapter 14. And we'll pick this up, verse 19. Jesus said, I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. Yet a little while, and the world seeth me no more. But you see me, because I live, you shall live also. At that day you shall know that I am in my Father, and you in me, and I in you. Now there's the Godhead. The Godhead is the Father dwelt in the Son, the Son dwells in the people. That's, that's the fullness of the Godhead. It's not just Jesus and that it's not complete without us. And so, last Wednesday, Brother John ministered, and I, I, I really, I trust you were blessed, I was blessed, and, and I, I, I had written some notes down that I thought, man, I'd love to comment, but I don't want to preach after he preached such a wonderful thought. And uh, as I was laboring on that, and I, I just trust that worship becomes more of a revelation to you. And um, there, there were several quotations out of that. There was one in the Church Age book, and I, I wanted to find it, and I didn't. But I want to just take a, a little bit of, of what he just said regarding worship. And tonight, I, I want to just speak on, on the continuation of um, uh, organized religion versus a manifest life, and I'm going to call this the hour of forced worship, and I, I'm, I, I, because that's what's happening, and that's where it's coming, and that's what it's leading to, but, but Satan is definitely working to bring the world to that. But in, in, the, in, in just to follow up on what we shared with Brother John uh, ministering last week, the quotation out of the Church Age book that, that uh, he related to, and I didn't find the exact one, it's not so much manifesting or us producing something as much as it's us receiving what God did. And when we receive what He did into the womb of our heart, our mind, if we take it in that way, it produces something. It comes out, the realization of that. So it's not so much, and, and the message that we have that Brother Branham came, he came out of a Pentecostal age, 
a Pentecostal age that, that majored on manifestations, that majored on having signs and having wonders, and, and, and that became a doctrine or an evidence, if you will call it, of, of being in the truth, of being where God is. But yet it's, it's contrary to where God is working with us in this age. Because first you receive truth, then there comes a manifestation. It's not dictated by what we do. It's not by, by what we do. And so much of the world, and, and if we're not careful, we get it in the message and we, we can take the purity of the message and, and, and we can take our revelation that God has made real and we can say, well, if you can't see it, you're not in. You ever heard that before? You know, and, and yeah, well, you just don't see it. You know, you don't have a revelation. And listen, if, if God is the one who gives a revelation, you can't force it on somebody. You can't teach it on somebody. But I believe it's an individual relationship with God. So in the Church Age book, and if I will just take two quotations here, you can't claim that the evidence, he says now in the Pergamian Church Age, that the manifestation is... Okay, so he's, he's just talking about... Uh, I, I won't read all this. Let me just read this. He says, you can't claim the manifestation is the evidence of a spirit-born, spirit-filled. No, sir, the true manifestation is the evidence of the Holy Spirit doing... is. is no, sir, I will admit the true manifestation is the evidence of the Holy Spirit doing mighty acts, but it is not the evidence of an individual being spirit-filled, even though the individual has an abundance of these manifestations. The evidence of receiving the Holy Ghost today is just the same as it was back in the day of our Lord. It's receiving the word of truth for the day that you live in. Jesus never did stress the importance of works as much as he did the word. He knew if the people got the word, the works would follow. So it was always follow the word, the works first. When Elijah spoke to the woman who was making her last meal, he said, bake me a cake. And as soon as she obeyed, the works followed thereafter. The blessing followed thereafter. That's always the way it has been. Now, in the Sardisian church age, uh, no, that's not the one I wanted. I wanted the, 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 this one. He's saying now, um, every age, a message, a revelation was given to a messenger. The messenger was enlightened by the truth, and he would bring the truth to the people those that had ears that had been opened by the Spirit would hear the truth, believe it, and live it. Now he's talking about the hidden manna, and I don't, I don't want to spend time with that. But the principle is you're receiving. Now, I, I read what I read, and now I want to ask you to turn to Colossians chapter 2, if you will. Colossians chapter 2. So as wonderful as you can read what, what Paul is saying to the Colossians and and he's, he's giving such wonderful truths in, in chapter 1. And, and you know, he's, he's writing it. And uh, he's also, uh, I think it's partly prophetic. And maybe there was different churches. There was a church at Laodicea, different ones. But he, he now, after he writes chapter 1, he goes to chapter 2. Big surprise. Um, he says, now, I would know... I, for I would that you know what great conflict I have for you 
and for them at Laodicea, and for as many as have not seen my face in the flesh. Now remember, whenever there's a truth, Satan comes to attack it. He, he comes to block up the blessing. You know, it, it, the wells in Abraham's day that were a source of life, by the time it came to Isaac, uh, the Philistines had stopped up the wells. But Isaac went and dug back at the same wells, and they produced the same water, the same life-giving resource. The message that we have that God sent wasn't just for Brother Branham. It wasn't for those. It was a life-giving resource for all of us through these ages. And that's why I encourage you to stay in the Word, to stay in the tapes. So here Paul is saying there's going to be a great conflict for you. And this he says now, that your hearts might be comforted being knit together in love unto all the riches of the full assurance of understanding to the acknowledgement of the mystery of God and of the Father and of Christ in whom are hid all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. So when God does something for you, He saves you, it's not that you just sit back and you do it, but there's a pressing in for the hour that you live in to be established in the present truth. So now Paul is, he's, he's telling them this great mystery that was given to him, a dispensation, and he labors mightily according to the working of God in him. And now he's telling the church, now, you got to watch out. There's a great conflict ahead for you. If you would have known when you started the message all the things you'd have to face with, not around the world, but even within the framework of the message, I, I tell you, it would have discouraged you. Now, in, in verse 4 he says this, And now this I say, lest any man should beguile you with enticing words. Now, uh, remember when Eve fell, and, and this is in 2 Corinthians chapter 11, you don't have to turn to it, but Paul makes, makes one of the outstanding references in the Bible. He says, to the people that were under him, I'm jealous over you with a godly jealousy because I have espoused you to one husband that I may present you as a chaste virgin to Christ. Now, now Paul is saying, I, th this message will produce that, but I'm jealous over you. But he says in verse 3 of, the, of chapter 11, I fear lest by any means... As the serpent beguiled Eve through his subtility, so your mind should be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. So he's, he's relating what happened in the garden, and, and, and you know this from greatest battle ever fought. Brother Adam would say, before Eve ever committed a natural act, she committed it in her mind first. She began to picture it, she began to see it, and she saw that it was pleasurable and that she could do it, and that's what led her into it. And that's Satan's attack with us. He tries to infiltrate our mind to pervert the pure Word of God or to block it up or to not allow it to be of effect. And Paul would go right into it in, in chapter 11, for he that cometh 
preacheth another Jesus, whom we have not preached, or if you receive another spirit which you have not received, or another gospel, he says, which, which you have not accepted, you might well bear with him. So as Paul is talking on this, and I made reference to it quickly, I'm just going back to Colossians chapter 2. Now, this is his burden, and this is the hour that we live in. And he says, he had said in verse 4, I, I, I'm, I'm fearful, he says, he says, this I say, lest any man should beguile you with enticing words. We live in such an age of communication, and there are so many things that affect our viewpoint. I I actually marveled over the last uh, couple of weeks in communication with some brothers that are in Russia versus some that are in the United States versus some that are in different parts of the world. And I, and I, I try to, when I listen to the media and the news, uh, I try to not just take one source. I try to triangulate so that I might get the right perspective. But I, I'm amazed at how much we ourselves are influenced, uh, let, let's just say from the Western point of view, uh, we're, we're influenced by portraying the Russians as the bad guys. And, and listen, I, I'm not saying that they're pure and innocent. They're not. And in fact, the people are fine. It's the leaders that are the problem. And then, on the other hand, I, I, we, we can view ourselves and our leaders and say, yeah, we got freedom, we got democracy, and, and, and we, we, we make that a rallying point and we say, therefore, we're good and they're evil. No, it's not that at all. If you take the perspective of a few Russian brothers, and they, they shared some things of, of what Ukraine did as being influenced by the Western world that provoked and, and brought different things, and that they, they reneged on some agreements, and that's brought this whole thing this way. Don't just jump in there on their side. There are brothers that are in, in, in Russia. There are brothers that are in the Ukrainian part of Ukraine that are in the Russian part of Ukraine. That's the ones that I'm focused on. They're my brothers. And, and, but it's so easy, and the enemy will so easily pit one viewpoint against another viewpoint. And we've just come through it in North America where the, the whole issue of masking and vaccinations, it pits one against the other. And if you're not careful, you jump on one side and it's Satan gaining a foothold in the church trying to make one see different than the other. And we've got to stay away from that. We are not of this world. We're in this world. So it's really important to look clearly, and our vision is shaped by what we take in. So I, 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 I don't focus a lot on news. I do enough that I may know and see, and I take some different sources. But, uh, but our major vision comes from being in the Word and feeding in the Word. And that will help you see clearly. And I, I actually felt myself getting angry as I'm watching some of the news reports, and, and I'm thinking, why don't they just take this guy out? And, and I'm referring to the leader of, 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 the, of the Russian people, and I said, why don't they just take this guy out? And, and, and I'm, I'm saying, hold on a second. Like, I, I, you know, I, I'm too caught up in this. And I say, Lord, help me. And then I, as I'm just relaxed, and then the Lord just, just really drops something in my heart, and I go, you're in control, Lord. 
and I place it in your hands. I'm not putting in the hands of leaders. So I'm, I'm, I'm using this as an example because we can be influenced in a religious way with outside sources. We can be influenced by our culture. We can be influenced by the church we grew up in or our parents grew up in. We can be influenced by the spirit of the age, which the last age was the Pentecostal age. And it had an element of truth, but it has gone from that. I, was, I, I, I got to just keep going, and then I'll bring more of this up. Drop to verse 8. Now, Paul, look at, look at the warning. He's saying, beware lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit after the tradition of men, after the rudiments of the world, and not after Christ. So here, he's again giving a warning. Be careful lest somebody put some philosophy or some psychology I'll tell you what, we needed Elijah. We didn't need, we didn't need what, what the religious world has to offer. Hey, listen, I, 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 I sometimes, I like to know enough of what's out there, and I like to listen to, not with my head, but with my heart. And I say, is this feeding my soul? And there's some good points, don't get me wrong. But I look at what is feeding my soul. And, 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 and so I'm just saying, beware. Now Paul's saying this, i gotta, I got to keep moving forward. Let's go to verse, well, he says in verse 9, let's just read, for in him dwells the fullness of the Godhead bodily. I'm, gonna, I'm just going to say it. If the Spirit of God dwells on you, it cannot feed on the manna of another age. The real Spirit of God feeds on the fresh kill of the Word. And he says, in him dwelleth the fullness of the Godhead bodily. You are complete in him, which is the head of all principalities and power. So he's referring back to what's in Colossians 1. And he says, in him you are also circumcised with the circumcision made without hands in putting off the body, the sins of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ, which is what? A new heart. So it's not so much, I got to quit smoking, I got to quit drinking, I got to quit lusting, I got to quit doing these things. No, you need more of Christ in your heart so that the desire for those things is killed. When Christ comes in, he can establish that. Now, that doesn't mean it's just a minute you receive him, bang, it's all done. No, it takes an application. So Paul is, is bringing all of this together. And I, I'm going to keep moving forward uh, let me go right down to verse 18. Now, again, here's the warning against, these are perversions of the truth. He's saying, let no man beguile you of your reward in a voluntary humility and worshiping of angels intruding into those things which he had not seen, vainly puffed up in his fleshly mind. So, these spirits can come right into the framework of the message, you know, except you see this and this, and except you hear the, the, the tapes, or except you see what brother so-and-so does, and I'm not going to name names. But uh, these spirits come in and they creep, and except you, uh, you know, even 
as Paul would speak to the Corinthians, he'd saying, why are you so carnal? You say, I'm of so-and-so. You're of, of this, and you're of Cephas, or you're of Paul, or, and others say, I'm of Christ. And it's the same spirits today. No, it, it, and, and the debate rages on. And it's the same enemy saying, no, you got to listen to tapes only. No, it's, it's, it's not tapes, it's fivefold only. No, who said that? It has to be one or the other. That's a spirit that's there to divide things. We're not there to divide things. I, I believe the true word of God. I believe the tapes. I believe the ministry. I believe the Bible. And I'm not taking one side or the other. I'm saying I, we, need, we need the full counsel of God. So the enemy will come to put these spins on things and, and people that have been, let me, let me just say this, I don't want to make people because by the grace of God, I need God every day of my life. And I say, God help me that I may see things clearly and not look, look through a twisted viewpoint. Help me, Lord, that I, I don't get caught up by a deceiving spirit. Because I've had some really good friends that, that are learned in the message and, and, and have preached messages that blessed me. God used them. And they're not serving God today. And I, and, and I go, what took their vision? What took their thinking? What set them down the path they were going on? And I, I would say, we, we all need to continually be before the Lord. Now these warnings are here for, for a reason. So he says, let no man beguile you of your voluntary humility and worshiping of angels, intruding to those things which he has not seen, vainly puffed up by his fleshly mind. Worshiping of angels. That angels can be preachers. They can be other spirit things. He says, and not holding the head from which all the body by joints and bands, having nourishment, ministers, and knit together, increases with the increase of God. I, I, I believe we really need to give God the honor. Uh, even when God is using a vessel, we say, Lord, thank you for working through that vessel. Thank you also for the vessel that yielded himself to you and that you're using him. Now, it's not just the ministers. It's the musicians. And I, I really say, Lord, we want to see Jesus. We don't just want to see so-and-so and so-and-so and this. You know, today, as I was just sharing with some minister friends, and we were just talking a little bit, and, and I had mentioned just a couple of services ago about Demas Shakarian, and how Demas Shakarian actually came from a family that came from Europe, or Armenian, I believe, and there was a prophecy in the town that they were there, and it was told that they would have to leave. This is 200 years ago. And a young boy caught that and he moved. And he said, and you'll move to the west coast of the USA. And he did. He moved there just as the Azusa Street Revival was coming. He was there in the heart per, per, part of it. And that man was Demas Shikarian. Now, not the Demas Shikarian that was with Brother Branham. But that was his father. And his father had a son named Demas. Now, he was there, he saw the truth, he saw there was a truth to it. It wasn't the final truth, but it was part of the restoration. And, and, and Demas came, and, and that's why I said the evidence is receiving the Holy Ghost. Demas came with a lot of the carryover surrounding that, and he couldn't see the prophet that came in this last day. He saw a gifted man. 
He saw that there was opportunity. And Demas turned down the word and he began to actually, in later years, he, you, you could see how far he went. And out of Demas Shikarian comes a family that's well known in the United States called the uh, Kardashians, Kardashians, whatever they're called. And out of that you have, these are, these are reality TV stars, whatever that is. And they, they're, they're, they literally are displaying themselves in, in a pornographic way, almost, I can say it. What was it? It was a rejection of something that set them on that path. Now, I, I, I read a book many years ago on Frank Bartleman. He was one of the mans who recorded, and Frank Bartleman, I, God bless him, he, he, he labored three years, 1905, 1906, 1907. He labored, and, and he saw God doing something very sovereign. And Frank Bartleman, he came out of that, and, and he, and this is what we were sharing with some ministers today, and, and he came out of that, and as he came out, out of that, he, well, he, he, let me just say this. He started with the, the original Azusa Street Church, and then he went to one at 8th and Maple. But if you listen to him, it was, as you preached the other day, Brother Max, it was sacred sands. The Holy Spirit was so sovereign. He said, there was no jealousy. There was nothing of it. And, and, and he, he began to just talk about it. And, and, and as he talked about it, this, this is what he said, because it was so sacred, because he saw it in 1905, it was coming, 1906, it burned brightly, there was a truth to it, but immediately, things caught, and he says, by 1907, he said, the spirit began to depart. And this is what he said, if men ever seek to control or corner or own the work of God either for their own glory or that of an organization, they'll find the Spirit refusing to work. The glory will depart. Let this be a place where God will work in a proper place. Let it be a fearful thing that he, lest He should withdraw His blessed Spirit for us. If we try to corner it, He says that's when God departs. He says, as ministers, our business is to get God to the people. He said, let us yield ourselves to this. Let us do away with what he says, party spirit, secti secti sectional differences, prejudice. All are contrary to the law of love. He, he, he says, he actually, he still labored in that for a while, but he said by 1908, he said it was a far cry from what it was in its, its, its moment because an organizational spirit got in there. And, and Brother Branham makes a statement about Pentecost. He says, if Pentecost, as they reject, they'll be farther away in 50 years than, the Catholic, than from where the Catholic Church has gone in 2000. Now, so... Night, just catch this, 1906 to about 1907, 1908, and it was gone. And then in 1909, the pillar of fire comes down, and, brother, and a man is born by the name of William Branham with, accompanied by the supernatural. Now, I, I'm saying this all for a reason is, let's be careful because we can say the message will never denominate. Oh, I, I don't think so. Denominational spirits are all around. 
We need to keep our hearts pure. We need to keep the worship pure. We need to keep ourselves clean. As Paul was admonished here. Now, so he says in verse 19, not holding the head. In other words, putting other men, doing different things, etc. Verse 20. Therefore, if you be dead with Christ from the rudiments of the world, why, as though living the world, are you subject to ordinances? Touch not, taste not, handle not. Now, it's so easy to take. The Pharisees did this so well. You know, you gotta, you got to have these pots and these pans, and you got to do this, and you got to dress this way. And, and, and it became an accepted form. And, and, and it was a far cry from the truth. Now, Paul is telling this, which all these ordinances, which are all to perish after the using, after the commandments and doctrines of men, verse 23, took a long time for me to get to this verse, which things have indeed a show of wisdom in will worship and humility and neglecting of the body, but not in any honor to the satisfying of the flesh. Now, he uses this phrase, and, and it's, it's stuck with me for a long time, this whole thought of will worship. And I'm, I'm using this maybe as the opposite to where Brother John was going last Wednesday. But will, if you take the Greek thing, this, this whole part of, of will, it says, it's a worship which one prescribes and device, devises for himself contrary to the contents and the nature of faith which ought to be directed to Christ. Now that's exactly what happened to Cain. Abel, by revelation, he saw what God did. He, he caught a revelation that, of what it was and that the only way back was through the blood. And it meant taking a part of himself, that lamb, that innocent lamb that he saw, and, and hacking it, and hacking it, and killing it, and offering it because it wasn't pleasurable to himself. It was pleasing to God. And sometimes we, we can, the devil would try to twist us and say, well, you know, as long as I dress right and as long as I, hey, man, I know this. Listen, those things are all good. They're, they're, they're needed. But let them come from the heart. And sometimes the heart gets in a routine and a format and we lose that. But Cain, you know, he, he was devoid of, of giving God anything. It was all about himself. It was like, look at the fruits that I have. Look at the things I have. It's beautiful. And, and he offered it, and there was nothing that God found pleasurable in it. Oh, I, I want to please him, don't you? I want to worship him in spirit and in truth. So uh, we could go into much of this, but I, I, I just, I'm, I'm going to go into just, just something, if I can, for a minute here. Eve, Adam and Eve were on the basis of free moral agency. They could do whatever they wanted. Now, if, if I go back to Ephesians chapter 5, the relationship of a man and a woman and the natural, but God is talking about our relationship to himself and his bride. Now, he made angels to worship him. But the angels didn't have a choice. That's what they were. They were robotic in nature. And, and, and every time they saw God, it, it was like a worship, holy, holy. Now, God didn't want the same thing. 
And he wanted, you know, it's just like if you marry your uh, a wife or you're, you're married and, and you have to say, now you have to love me. What kind of a relationship's that? I don't, I don't, you don't want to force somebody to love you. You know, you, you know, you say, listen, I need help with my laundry. I can't do my laundry. Yeah, that, that's, you're, many, many can't do that. But, you know, different things, that's part of love. But, but the real feeling. You know, you say, you know, thou shalt. Now just think about the natural relationship and your relationship with God. Are you serving God because you're obligated or you're out of a, even a message conscience or out of a religious ordinance? If I don't show up, if I don't pay my tithes, if you know, the deacons will get after me, or my, my mom or dad. Listen, that's where the devil wants us to go. That's not where God wants us to go. He wants us to love Him and to worship Him and, and, and not, not prescribe our own religion. Not a will worship. I will do it, or I'll do my own thing and, and leave God out of it. I, I, our prayer life so often. It, we, we come and we kneel down and, Lord, thank you for the day. And, Lord, I, I need this and I need this and I need this and I need this. How often do we really express ourselves to him? I, 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 I want to encourage you. This is not to condemn you because... You know, that's the, the channel the devil would work on. I, I want to lift you up and I want to extract something that's underneath there and, and allow it to connect with God. So I'm not here to condemn you into, well, I better love him because that's what was preached on Wednesday. No, no, that's not the point. It's not what I'm doing. So now, now, now just, just if we can catch this just for a moment now. Here, Christ, the mystery of God revealed. Now, he says this, he says, I don't want to read all of this. He put man on a partnership with him. Let man act as a free moral agent. That's the thing he's got you on today. You can act any way you want. You're a free moral agent. So if he did that to the first, he has to do that to the second. And everybody is on the same basis. Now, he, he read more. I don't want to read it all. He says, now, now you can make a choice. You can take God's word or leave God's word. You can take God's word or take your denominational creeds about it or your modernistic idea of what it is. As we were fellowshipping last night in in a little study and we are just talking about Brother Branham. Brother Branham was a Kentuckian, his natural nature, was fiery temper, and came as a result of his genetics. But as God worked with him, and we know he was a man, but just talk about the man himself. He loved God. Some of the things he did were not because it was just he was forced into it. He did them out of love for God. And he would talk about a minister... How can a minister love God and watch sin in front of him? And, and, you know, he didn't go and blast it all the time, but he tried to say, you can live higher than that, but yet he would blast it too. But he did it because he loved God, and, and he lived a holy life, and he sanctified himself, and he gave himself to it. And, and, and that's where, where we, we want to lay the groundwork for God to move in us and through us. 
So he would say this, we're free moral agents, okay? So if you're a free moral agent, he says now, you've been given a privilege as a free moral agent to choose whatever you want to choose. Isn't that, isn't that wonderful? I, you know, when you come down to it, sometimes the real test, you know, what will you do when the temptation comes? And, you know, that's where you want to be so in love with him. You know, you could go either way, but you want to choose by faith, and faith works by love. So, so now, I'm, I'm going to just move up a little. My, oh my, how did my time get away? Let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter 10 real quick. 2 Corinthians chapter 10. Oh, I, I, the, there's some scriptures that I feel like I, I've ministered, I've brought them up, but I don't feel like I've really nailed them the way I should. They're, there's more to them, and I meditate them. And this is one of those. Verse 3, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. I, I feel if I could live this, that this would be a place I would want to live. Lord, cause me to live in this place. Cause me to desire and love you so much that, that I could cast down all the contrary things. And this is where Satan attacks us. So, so he will take us, and, 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 and Brother Brandon would talk about it. He says, you know, your outside man, your physical being, this is God of this evil age, you know, the see, taste, feel, smell, but inside of that spirit is a soul, it's controlled by one thing, your, your free will. You accept what the devil says or what God says, and that'll determine what spirit is in there. If it's the spirit of God, it'll feed on the things of the world, it won't feed on anything of the world. Now, Every one of us, you can get condemned by this so easy. We, we get trapped into things. We have weaknesses, and we find ourselves. But when you find yourself continually being pulled by something, then I, I say, Lord, take that thing out of me. I, I don't, I, it, maybe it's a weakness, but Lord, maybe it's there to keep me humble. Maybe it's like Paul. But Lord, root that out of me. I want to worship you from my heart. I want to love you. And this is, this is where the enemy takes people and traps people. You know, I, I, I just, as I was thinking, you know, and I heard the different comments of brothers about, and I, and I began to think, okay, what, what does, you know, the Russian leader think about this whole thing? Well, I think he's allowed himself to think what he's doing is right, even when he's evil about it. And, and others, by whatever means, they can do the same thing. Now, take that into the, the church world. The, the Catholic church, I don't think that, that the Pope's just hiding behind, the, behind somewhere and thinking, I know I'm the Antichrist, but I have to put on a good face. No, he actually thinks he's God's representative. He, he, he doesn't think he's doing wrong. A spirit has so div div overshadowed him till he can't see clearly. And, and it's the same thing that happens, you know, in, in, 
in, in denominations. No denomination thinks they're wrong. Brother Man would say, no nun goes to a nunnery to be evil. And, and actually, he furthermore, he says, every man gets a chance to, to, to accept God's word or to turn it down. So they're actually blinded by allow the spirit that they allowed in here. And I thought about people that are around this message and they're steeped in this and they're steeped in that and they're so caught up where they can't come to God outside of this one man or outside of this. And, and, and I thought, how'd they get like that? And I said, that's, that's the seeds of denominationalism. So when, when you now look at, you know, the Russian leader, he sees that. And, you know, the West thinks they're right and they're the righteous ones and, and they're this and this and, 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 they're no angel, and they're no angels. You know, neither is even the Ukrainian leader who's been acolyzed so much. If you actually go back, he, he, you know, I, I look at some of these same people. Hey, they're, 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 if you look at their lives before and after, they, they weren't too great before. So don't, don't go and exalt them for a moment here. And, and it's the same thing. Now, the whole world, you know, they'll, 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 these big movements and, and people will step into whatever, Black Lives Ladder or Me Too movement and it's great masses that are moving or, or you know, and, and I, I think about our nation and our leadership and, and they're thinking the only way out of this is if you do such and such and such what we're controlling. Now look at what it's happening. It's, it's a controlling spirit, but they got to get people into the same spirit. So they'll have to demonize somebody else to bring them into that. They'll have to try to cause separation. That's what God hates in a religious world. And we don't ever want to do that. We, we, the word itself separates. You know, you just stand on the word. You're going to find out you got some enemies. You stand on the word, you're going to find out that the devil's after you. You stand on the word and you love other people, you'll find not everybody loves you back. But it's important to keep our attitude clear. So it's not so much in will worship. If you do it the way our group does it, and, and then not like that group, it's got to come from the inside, friends, is what I'm, I'm saying. So, so Brother Brandon would say, the love of the world, it's... It's because the love of God has not entered that. Why do sinners run to it? Because the love of God hasn't come in. Brother Ram talks about Paul in, in Christ the Mystery. He says, and he talks about Paul a prisoner. Paul, when God gets you to be a prisoner, you can't do anything but what the Spirit says do. Paul, with all his great intellects, now just think about Paul as learned as he was. The nature that he had and how he, how when it was twisted. Now he always had the seed of God in him, but it was blurred. And when it was twisted, it caused him in a religious fervor to persecute them. But when God got a hold of him, look what happened to Paul. He says he had high ambitions, he was intellectually a great man, but he had to sacrifice every bit of it to become part of the word to express Jesus Christ. Sometimes we go so far, we think, I made it, I'm in this church, I'm accepted, the people can see me, but there's more to go. There's a reason we're still here. Our walk is with God and God alone. Now, I, I, I want to just, I brought this and I'm really not getting it. I mean, I'm not even off page one. 
My goodness. The, the things, I, I look at the things that are a block in my life. Some of them are a result of my nature, and they're a hindrance to me doing the will of God sometimes. So my nature, whether it's, you know, and, and I'll say, whether it's too froward or whether it's too, too, too much back here or whether it's neutral, sometimes that's a hindrance to us. You know, there, there's what they call the fight or the flight syndrome. And you can say, well, I'm on the fight side. Therefore, I'm justified in fighting everybody. No, that's not what we're called to. Or it's the flight syndrome. No, I'm just a pacifist. I, I, I don't, I don't, I don't, don't be a dish rag. We're, we're called to be Christians. So don't, don't just say fight or flight and I'm, I, that's who I am. No, you've got to be what the Word says you ought to be. So you can't allow your nature to back you into a corner. If your nature, recognize your nature. Recognize, hey, I, I, I don't find it so easy to step up once in a while. I, I didn't find it that easy. But I remember I, had a, I, was, I was just a young Christian, and you know, I, you know like you're young, and you, know, you, you, you don't want to be, you know, I live in a country, let's call it what it is, it's not really a Christian nation at all. It's a pagan country, so just the little things about going to a restaurant and bowing your head. Okay, so anybody just scan the room? Okay, quick prayer. Up, oh, I'm good. Well, okay, what's that doing? That's just will worship. You just did that to satisfy your conscience. But if you're really a Christian and you love God, now, now don't, don't take the extreme. Bow down. Oh, Heavenly Father, bless this food. That's, a, that's the extreme the other way. Be real. Say, Lord, I love you. And I, I, I want to thank you that I have this food. It came from you. You provided for me. But the devil tries to box us into one or the other. So, so whatever your, your nature would be, recognize where you're weak and say, Lord, help me to overcome. Now, I, I, I have many subtitles here. Brother Branham, how do I overcome a stubborn spirit? Do the opposite. If you want to, you know, and he would say, if I'm selfish, give something away. Start to work with it. I always got, I got, I get so emotional and I get so wrapped up. And he says, you know, he says, start to, you know, I said, was it Ernie Fandler or something? He says, you know, he says, I, 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 my wife isn't a believer and she isn't this and this. Shall I go home and cast the devil out of her? And then he actually, you can read one story where he tried to do that. Drove her further away. And Brother Ben says, no, go make her a pie and bring it to her. Be salty. So, so, but what, what is it? A lot of these things are religious spirits. The two disciples following Jesus, hey, there's somebody not following us. Shall we cast down fire on them? He says, Jesus said, you don't know what manner of spirit you are. Now, I'm, I'm saying all of this, I hope something strikes that helps you where you are. But, you, you know, stubborn spirit or, or temper. How do I get rid of temper? You know, you, you, some of these things, you got to start slowly. You got you to say, Lord, let me gain a foothold. Sometimes you've got to starve the spirit that is taking a hold of your life. Start by not watching certain things. Start by not recognize where you're weak and say, Lord, I'm going to cut that off from going into my mind because, you know, Eve was a vessel. Eve was a vessel and, and, and the vessel, Satan knew it, how he could get to her by reason and, and by, by, by doing a certain approach. 
It was entering through the mind. But this Eve is going to overcome those things. So it's, it's, it's not just, okay, this is what the church stands for. I, I got the baptism down. I, I've, I've got, you know, I, I've done this. I understand the opening of the word. I understand these things. No, talk about a relationship that works in your everyday life. Lord, I, I, Brother Moses, thank you for the message on Sunday. I, I started to open my cup on Monday. I said, Lord, I don't want to just rejoice on Sunday. I want Monday to be a good day. I want to rejoice in you. I want to praise you. I, 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 the gospel is real. It's lived every day. I want it to be in my work. I want to be a good steward. I, I want to do all these things. So, so you know, our nature, we, we recognize our nature, and there's many things in the message where Brother Branham takes the time. You know, Satan sometimes comes to condemn us. If you're a person who maybe is just a bit even if you're spiritual, sometimes a little bit spiritual, and you're sensitive, Satan knows that too. And he'll throw all kinds of things. And he'll say, and you might be sensitive to somebody that, you know, maybe is trying to ignore you. Look at that, they ignored me. Well, maybe they didn't. And, you know, and, and, you, know you said this in the service. Where, did you mean that was me? No, I'm not pointing to anybody. But sometimes the devil uses that. And, and there are other people, man, I wish they'd have a little bit of that spirit. Because you can hit them with a sledgehammer and they still don't get it. My, uh, some of that's me too. I sometimes need to be hit with a sledgehammer too. But, but I'm just saying, we'll worship. So we, instead of the pure word coming through a vessel, here Satan blocks up all these channels. He blocks up our conscience. Oh, Way back in Pentecost, we would always lift our hands and we'd always jiggle and, and, and that's the way we worship. It's, but it's from somewhere else. I, I feel like, uh, brothers, you remember, <laughs> sorry if I'm, I'm, I'm just being open here for a minute. I, I, the, the whole thing, I, I, I got, my wife and I, we traveled to the East Coast and it was to Prince Edward Island years ago, and, and the Swanson family had told us of some people that were denominational Christians. I found out they were UPC. And, and so we went to church, and there was no other message church in the island at that time. And we went there, and we, and we walked into the church, and, the, and it was, the women had, were dressed nice, you know, nice long skirts, and their hair was long, and, and everything was good, and, you know, but their conscience condemned them where the Bible said that a woman should have a covering. And the, all the women had long hair, but they also wore hats on top of it. And I go, you already are covered. But, but here's Satan throwing that. And then I, I, I thought, and they, I came into the church, and, and they were all kneeling and praying and calling. I felt backslid. And then the evening came, and it was the same thing, and I watched as they came in. I watched a little closer now, and they all sat down, and they were just chattering back and forth, and it was like a 10 minutes to, they all kneeled and started praying. I go, something's wrong here. They're doing it out of a form. They're, they're not doing it from the heart. They're doing it out of a form. And they had a special speaker there, and he spoke, and at the end of the service, they had a teenage son, a teenage, teenage boy come up there who was asking for the Holy Ghost. And they were pumping him, pumping him, trying to get him to speak in tongues. 
And I think finally he said something or uh, whatever. And then, hallelujah, he's got it, he's got it. I don't know what he had. But I'm just, I'm giving you an example. Oh, friends, the gospel is, it's, we're living in an age where Satan is trying to throw everything he can us to distract us from the real. But the real is your walk with God, is your, the word of God. It's your answer of a good conscience. So you can have out of your memory bank something from way back and say, in a previous age, this is how we served God. Uh, but I'll tell you what, the message has come to wash us from all those things. It's come to bring us into relationship with God. That's who your allegiance is to, not to your past, not to your old nature, not to what somebody else tells you, but your allegiance, your heart is to God. That's the one that we, we need to give ourselves to. My, oh my. Sometimes under pressure, we, we come and we're just pressured. We'll do something wrong and, and then we'll just, oh, I, I, I'm lost. Or I got to go back and start over. No, we've been trained. The devil's duty is to knock at your door. He's there to tell you you're not saved. Has he told any of you you're not saved? He used to tell me, I, I, that voice just rolls off me now. He told me, you're not really, yeah, listen, I, I can't tell you everything he tells me, but he, he says, you're not really a real believer. You're, you're just a hypocrite. I saw what you did there and there. You got upset at so-and-so, and you, and you did this, and you did, uh, I mean, he does that to me all the time. He tells you, you're not as good as the other preachers. The other preachers are all better than you. Said, That's good. Let them be good. If, if God called them to be better, I want them to be better. I only want to be what God called me. And then he left me. <laughs> yeah. Be yourself. Don't let the devil push you around. Don't, don't cater to what he's telling you. Stand your ground. I'm a Christian. I am not a sinner. I, I, I belong to God. I don't belong to you. My mind doesn't belong to you, devil. My, my, my thoughts and my feelings, they belong to God. Well, this has come out a lot different than I thought, but I, I'd probably cut to the chase quicker because I had a whole bunch of quotes I was going to work my way through. Let's go to Genesis 11, not Revelations. Genesis 11, just pick this up for a moment. I'm saying this for a reason because the seeds are being sown in the world. It's being sown in politics where it's, it's bringing people under an anointing. It's being sown in religion where if you're not under such and such, you're not in the right place. Oh, I might lose privileges. Be careful. That's not what God has called us to. We belong to Jesus. So now, Genesis 11, this all cult started in Genesis. Genesis 11. And the whole earth was of one language, one speech. It came to pass as they journeyed from the east that they found a plain in the land of Shinar, and they dwelt there, and they said to one another, Go, let us make brick and burn them thoroughly. And they had brick for stone. They said, Go, let us build a city and a tower whose top may reach unto heaven and let us make us a name lest we be scattered abroad upon the face of the whole earth. So 
their whole motive and their whole intent was to bypass the judgment of God. In case there's a flood, the tower's going to be higher than the waters. Let us make us a name. Now, I want to read just a couple of things what Brother Branham says, because he actually, in 1965, he mentions it three times just as he's closing, and he says this. Now, we are coming into this forced religion right now where little groups are going to come into one great unity, as they call it. Now, religion is coming on this bandwagon. Politics is coming on this bandwagon. And demon powers are coming on this. And they're saying, you can serve God, but he's a good God, and we're all one anyway. Nonsense. You can't call what they call God out there as serving God. So this is a spirit that's coming to. And it's coming in the message too. I, I, I don't have time to get into this, but if you, if you read in the Bible and it talks about Judas, he was watching, he was watching, he was watching, and finally, he wasn't sold out to the message. He, he came, if I can call it, he came to the door of heaven, he looked at it, and he turned around and walked back. Now, there's a really revealing scripture, because what was in Judas for a long time was dormant, but it said, when he did such and such, and Jesus spoke to him, go do what thou hast, and it says, then Satan entered him. Now, we haven't seen the full force of what demon spirits. There's many people that are dormant. Hey, the Russian leader was, was a pretty nice guy for many years, but all of a sudden, poof, something started to anoint him. Something is also anointing the religious world. And it's also trying to come in here. And I'm saying, don't worry about out there. Worry about your heart and your mind. Stay in the right channel with God. Love God. Love His Word. Be in the right place. I'm, I'm, I'm winding down. He said, now, this forced religion, some believe in this, some believe in that. The Bible says, how can two walk together except they be agreed? It'll never work. Now we find out a forced unity was represented by the groups of people at Babylon. God could never, could not put his name to such a thing as that. He never did. He never will. Though they tried it, they put their name to it. Now, we must find a place. This is in the message, God's provided place of worship. We must find where he put his name, for it is the place and the only place that he has provided for Christians to come and believing children. In the same message, he, uh, actually, God's only provided, he says, now, I won't read all of this, but he talks out of Hislop's two Babylons. He says, it was a forced religion. Every city around Babylon was compelled to Babylon to worship under Nimrod at the tower. Now, if you follow genealogy, you can follow the, the, the godly genealogy and the other genealogy. There's a lot of names that are, there's not much said about it. Lamech is one that's said because he killed a man. And you see what happened. We won't go into that. But then it comes down to the Shem and Ham and all of them. And then it talks about Nimrod. And it stops at Nimrod. It says nothing about all the others. And now it talks about Nimrod. There's two paragraphs. And he was a mighty hunter before the Lord. 
So his characteristic was to gather the people. Now it came under an anointing of one man. I'm just winding down. And as much as that's there in a demonic realm, go back to the beginning of the Scriptures. Colossians chapter 1. He is before all things. By Him all things consist. There's a little group that's loving Him. A little group that's trying to be right. Now you can see what Satan's going to do. But wait till God comes and fills that group. Wait till He unleashes the power of heaven behind that group. You want to be in the right channel then. It's a showdown. Musicians, you can come. I'm going to read this scripture. It says, now... My little children, this is in John, he says, greater you are of God, little children, you've overcome them, because greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. Now notice this, two pronouns, he that is in you versus he that is in the world. Who are we talking about? God and the devil. And he says, but you have overcome him, because he that's in you is greater than he that's in the world. Oh, friends, many false prophets have gone into the world. But as John the Beloved told them, he says, stay in the love of God. You know, don't pay heed to these things. We recognize they're all around us. I'm, 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 I trust, friends, that you can just, I, I maybe didn't do a good job of tying it together, but I trust you can see where the world is going. How the devil's trying to work on our minds and our hearts and our thoughts and how he's trying to taint our vision. But you know what? This is our vision. The more you feed on the Bible, the more you're in a walk with God, a relationship like we said, the clearer you're going to see things. The more discernment you're going to have. And it's not through your head. It's actually through your heart. Because your heart, your heart is a spirit. It's the spirit of truth. There's a spirit of error. There's a spirit of truth. Actually, your heart may tell you things before your head ever does if you're walking with God. Something's not right here. I don't know what it is. That's God. I, I, I don't know how you know those things sometimes. I, I, I walked into a room and, and, and there was, it was a worldly thing and, and I walked in and, and right away, guy was going, I go, that's a homosexual. You could tell there was something about it that was just different. Listen, we need God. We need the Holy Ghost. All right. My, oh, my. Let's, we need to sing something, don't we? Amen. Isn't, isn't God good? He, he gives us uh, so many blessings and, and does things. I don't know. what I, I had something written down I was going to sing, and now I don't know where I left it here. Well, um. How great is our God? Not, not, not the one, how great is His word, but um, the how other one. How great is our God? Yeah. The splendor of a king Holy majesty Let all the earth rejoice All the earth rejoice He wraps Himself
loving him with that desire how often does the devil try to make it so complicated cast all these reasonings down cast everything aside Lord I, I want you and you alone Amen. let's just sing it one more time sing that chorus and brother Max I'm going to ask you to come and close in prayer this is my desire Every breath that I take, every morning. 